welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 88. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have a couple of beans on the line with me. So tonight we have a Cracker. How's it going, mate? Very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Pretty good. And we also have Chewy. How's it going, Chew? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. <laughs> just uh, like this completely random, let's just take this podcast straight off the rails. I just find it funny, like it's something that Australians do all the time, like your nickname is Chewy, but yeah. you just abbreviate that to Chew. <laughs> just, yeah. And it happens to, to me all the time. Like, my nickname is Shorty, and I've been called all sorts of variations of Shorty over the years. It's just, anyway, random. Cracker doesn't get shortened <laughs> very often, though. There's not many good no. options there, so I'm, I'm all right <laughs> no, with that. No, it's, it's the Australian thing. It's like it very much is. The other way to do it is if you've got a single syllable name will add another syllable on it as a nickname, which is counterproductive to what nicknames are meant for. But yeah, how many Johns out there are Jono or Ben yeah. is Benny, right? Shout out Benny R. But it's a, yeah, it's such a weird Aussie thing. There you go. That's the yeah. height of our culture like, right there. Well, your, your name is Matthew, but you would get called Matt or Maddie or, or something along those lines. Like my name is Tristan and I actually get called at work Tristo. <laughs> Tristo. <laughs> uh, yeah. anyway. I think I've said it before, but I knew you for many, many years before I had any idea your name was Tristan. Yeah. And someone said, hey, you should go talk to Tristan. I was like, who is that? Yeah. True, yeah. True, yeah. Story, true story. I We were writing the invitations to our engagement party and it was like to Kat and, and I looked at Jen and I went, what's Shorty's real name again? <laughs> I'm sure, I, I'm sure I knew it, but I just, you know, you were just shorty. Yep. Yep. Anyway, anyway good cast, boys. Is, good night. See you next week, everyone. <laughs> this is and just that's the, why uh, we're let's, let's have a chat <laughs> podcast tonight. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, anyway, we probably should actually talk about some magic stuff. There is a there is another podcast uh, with an Aussie on it that is supposedly a magic podcast, in inverted commas, that spends all their time not actually talking about magic. We're not going to steal their shtick. We've, uh, we've got our own thing. So we do have lots of magic stuff to talk about tonight. A uh, few uh, announcements and little bits and pieces. But before we get into that, Chewy, do you want to tell us about our awesome sponsors? Absolutely. Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar look after us so very well, which lets us look after our listeners and league participants. So they are a Facebook auction group and they have auctions every single night, primo auctions on the weekend. Their full-time auctioneer means that they are second to none when it comes to communication packaging and the timeliness of their delivery. So make sure you Look up Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. There'll be a link in the show notes. You can follow them. They do giveaways on their page. You'll pick up a bargain, no doubt. And when you do, tell them that the beans sent you. Very good. So, Cracker's back on the cast, which means one of two things. Either there's been a banning slash suspension, or there's a new set to talk about the mechanics, because that's the only reason we get you on here, isn't it, Cracker? Yeah, that's right. There was a banning last week, so it must be time for a new set. (laughs) Yeah, like people at home are going... People at home are going, but Cracker's always on the cast. That, my friend, is because there's always a banning or always something new coming out. Yes, yes. So, yeah, this week this week we had a, a big uh, sort of surprise announcement. It was accidentally spoiled again by Wizards themselves this time. They uh, accidentally posted the website a little bit early or 
somehow posted a screenshot of it, some, something along those lines, and, and people kind of knew that this was coming the uh, the day before. But yeah, last week we had a shake-up in Historic with the suspension of Brainstorm, which looking back on that now seems a little bit odd, uh, but I don't know, maybe Wizards knows, uh, knows what they're doing. I am not really uh, in 100% agreement with that statement, but we'll go with it for now. But yeah, a few days after the brainstorm suspension, we got an announcement for something called Jumpstart Historic Horizons. Uh, we've heard all of those terms before. They're uh, all words. Not, They're all magic all words. Together. So we saw the Jumpstart set, what was that, like a year ago now? Uh, yeah, something like that. maybe a bit so longer. The, yeah, so it was a set that was released in paper as well as on Arena with the cards going straight into Historic. And the like general idea of it was that you got uh, the packs were like themed packs, so it might be a theme of goblins or a theme of uh, fairies or I don't know. There's a whole bunch of random doctor was one of the the weird Elves. themes of them. Yeah, so you pick picked two packs at random and you shuffled them together and there you go. You played your deck. So it was meant to be like super casual format, lots of fun, always different games, that sort of thing. And you could play it on arena and then all the cards from that went into straight into historic. And that's where we saw. Our good mate Muxus come from. That was a jumpstart card, and I think the the set was pretty popular. I think both of you guys might have streamed. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Loved it. Yeah, I don't think I ever actually played it myself, but I know uh, plenty of people didn't had a lot of fun. And then there's the second part of that phrase, historic horizon. So we know what historic is, and we very recently had a set called Modern Horizons Two. So. What is this cracker? What is going on? You're the uh, you're the big announcement person. Give us the breakdown on what on earth this is. Ah oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's no. I mean, okay, we, and we're we, on to we, the next topic. All right, so it is it is exactly what you said. It is the new jumpstart release, right? It is Historic Horizons, though. So unlike the previous jumpstart, this will be historic only, which means it's arena only. There are a large number of reprints, but there's also going to be a stack of new cards, and we'll get into some of that in a minute. But it's basically going to be, yeah, a bunch of cards that we've seen very recently in Modern Horizons 2 that are being ported over to be in the historic format. So instead of doing another anthology release, which we've seen them do a bunch of times, they decided this would be a different way to inject the cards into the card pool. So... It's exactly the same as previously. You have, if you're going to play Jumpstart, which I highly recommend, it's actually a super fun format, you get, as Shorty said, theme boosters. Quickly just covering off the costs, because if you want to get into it, it does cost. It's 2,000 gold or 400 gems. It's pretty cheap, actually. It's a lot of fun. And so what happens is you get three packets with the name of each of the different things. So like we said, like elves and doctors and goblins or whatever it is. And then you pick one and then you get three more packets and then you pick- Oh, sorry, you get three packets and you pick two from them, right? And so then you take those two packs, they get shuffled together and that is your deck. You don't have to add lands or anything like that. And so in each of those, there will be like guaranteed commons and uncommons that are in each of those. And then there's variations in what would be in the rare and mythic slot. And then you battle against someone else who's done the same thing. So if you've ever played- mini masters when you're opening your booster boxes it's kind of like that right where you just take a pack shuffle it up and then play it out but, but it's a format that's actually designed for for that so yeah. you're not going to get you know triple colored 
spells or whatever. All right, all right. Let's come on now. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. Thanks for sure reminding me. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. honestly, forgot yeah. that time yeah. where you had the triple coloured uh-huh. rare, the random land happened to cast it, but then I mm-hmm. counted it. That was so good. It was oh, not. I love Goblin Chain Whirler. Yeah, I love, um, I love counter again. It's good. Anyway, so look, this format is super fun. Like I, I would really recommend it, and particularly if you think uh, I would like to get some of these cards because there's some pretty powerful cards. It looks like that are going to come into historic. It's a good way to get into it, I guess. It's a good way you know, to build up that uh, collection. Like limited is for anything. It's a, it's a so, sort of. It's it's worse than that though because with with draft, um, which is probably the best way to build a collection, unless you're just buying bulk packs. Uh, you get to pick your res, whereas in Jumpstart you don't. Yeah, you get to pick. This is more the- akin to sealed, right? And sealed, you you can't be as selective like you can in Correct. draft, but you do get a higher number. You know, in a sealed event, you get six packs. You only get three packs in a draft, right? So it's a yep. it's quantity over quality, and this is somewhere in between. This is like sealed. It's also draft. pretty cheap. Like yeah, it is very gold cheap. Is, it, is yeah, not exactly. Two thousand gold is correct. It's it's super. Um, it's super cheap, and it, it really is a lot of fun. The games are quick, and once you build your deck, you can play it for as many times as you want against people in the Jumpstart queue, and then when you get bored of that deck, you just, you know, go again. And I will plan on streaming this when it gets released in uh, a little while. A couple weeks, I think. The 12th of August. So, it's yep. it's only running for, like, a week. No, it's running for about <laughs> oh, a month. it's a month. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. Good. I was reading that backwards. Yeah, that's that was one of the problems with the previous jumpstart. I, I think that ran for a decent amount of time, but it it only ran for that time, and then once it was gone, you couldn't buy the packs. And I think we've spoken about that before, yeah, and, and we've we've definitely spoken about this off cast as well. You could no longer buy those packs, and you had the only way to get those cards was to craft them. And when you had a card like Muxus that uh, was really popular in, for for quite a long time. The only way to get it was was to craft it. You couldn't get it any, any other way, which is a bit annoying. So I'm assuming it'll be the it, same this time. It, it will be the same. It did jumpstart. Did, did come back again. Not was, that long. I was ago. about to say that they did run yeah. it back, and it was good still. But um, it is look. It's a huge injection of cards that's coming. Right. We're gonna see. Hang on. What was the stats here? So there's 372. New to Magic New to Arena, Arena cards. So, yep. there's 782 cards total. So, you don't get- I think you get some duplicate protection, but I don't quite yeah, know how yeah. that works. Yeah, so it says uh, if you yeah, if you get a duplicate, it will use the existing version that's on Arena. So, any cards that are already on MTG Arena will use existing versions and follow existing duplicate protection rules. So, right. yeah, you don't have to worry about cracking cards you've already got and ending up with your fifth and sixth copies and that sort of stuff. It's using the same one, so that's that's fine. Cool. Uh, so there's going to be yeah, 30 new mythics, 56 new rares, 123 new uncommons, and 180 uncommons. So there's there's a, a lot, lot of cards. That's that's a lot yep. of new to arena cards, right? Like mm. that's that's a that's more than a normal full set. Like a full set now is what 260 cards, yeah, on average, something like that. Yep. Uh, so this is yeah, 782 cards in this release. So. There are new cards, and because this is a digital-only format, they're doing some new things, and <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get into it. So, there's, there's new mechanics. Yep. So, there's a new mechanic called Seek, uh, and Seek is a tutor. So, it might say, seek a creature of the most common type in your deck, and that, that will be it. So, it's not tutor where you go flipping through your deck and say, oh, I'm playing the elf deck. I'm going to go get, you know- an elf, a lord, something like that, you know, 
archdrew or whatever. That's not an option. It will just flip through your deck, randomly grab an elf from it, put it in your hand, and that's it. It doesn't shuffle. You don't look. You don't get to choose. It just gives you one. Um, so that could be the same for sorceries or lands or, or whatever it is. There's a bunch of different things. It will say seek something, and then it will be going to find that. Then there is perpetually, which, again, these are things that you can't really track in paper, which is why, I mean, you can't seek a card from your deck without looking at it. So that's that's one reason why they're doing it this way. Um, and then perpetually says, permanently change the characteristics of a card no matter where it goes afterwards. So there was one I saw recently, which was a card that gave a creature in your hand plus two, plus two perpetually. That's it. So it's just always like it comes down. So if it like goes, a, goes to your graveyard, if it gets exiled, yep. wherever yep. it is, so on, on the stack, stats are permanently changed. Correct. So its power and toughness were, were permanently altered. Uh, there's other things where it's like um, creatures' pow- base power is perpetually zero. There's also so, abilities like things can get death touch or flying or yeah, yeah. Things yeah. Like yeah. That. So it's really it interesting. Changes the mana costs and things as well. It's one of those things where you go, oh, it's like an aura. And then you're like, wait, it affects it everywhere and the aura can't fall off. So, it is a permanent change to the actual card. Yeah, and this which, allows- Which fundamentally is really weird in terms of like, how does that work with layers? <laughs> All that sort of <laughs> stuff like, oh, man, I don't want to- I guess that's why we're not dealing with it in paper. Yeah, and I guess it's the it's a design space that is al- al- only allowed to be really explored on- a digital platform. You can't do this in yeah. paper. You can't. Yeah, the, cl- the client can track it all for you. Exactly right. And yeah, yep. you can't randomly choose an elf from your deck without looking, as Cracker said. And you know, tracking which you know. So, men- mentor of Evos Isle is is one of the perpetual cards. It's a it's a three mana two one flyer. Good good draft card. Uh, and then when it enters the battlefield, choose a creature card in your hand. It perpetually gains flying. So. You don't reveal that like you would have to to prove that you've got a flying a creature card in your hand to an opponent. It just gains that ability. So when you cast it, it's you know whatever it's, your creature. It's already is, printed on the text. It's yeah, uh, already yeah. printed in the text. So box. you just can't yeah. do that in uh, in Paper Magic. Like they got the like we had fifty four different counters in Akoria, uh <laughs> to to try to do something like this to track it. Uh, where this is, yeah, just a, a permanent way to do it. It's not trying to appease both digital and paper play. So it's really, really interesting. Um, and, you know, it does kind of lead into the possibility, I guess, of, you know, as predicted and as we've spoken about many times, you know, historic being uh, not supportable in a, in a paper format. You know, we don't never right, see it. B- before we get too far, there's one more mechanic. Oh, yep, which we should talk about. So, so like, definitely want to talk about that. But while we're running off these, there's one more called Conjure. And Conjure creates cards out of thin air, is what it says here, as a digital object that acts just like a normal card would. Powerful spells and artifacts can conjure up iconic and powerful or just plain useful cards from Tropical Island to Stormfront Pegasus. <laughs> I mean, and Ponder, right? So, some legitimately very, very strong cards. That you just play a spell and then you get a copy of another thing. But again, you don't choose. You don't go, I'm going to conjure Ponder. You go, I'm going to conjure a sorcery. I wonder what it will be. Now, these three cards that you've mentioned, right? are uh, Not on the same power level. No, but it's the perfect (laughs) illustration of how Wizards sees colour and supports the colours. The blue-green card (laughs) is literally the best blue-green card ever printed, right? It's Tropical Island. 
And then the next one is the, like, second best cantrip ever printed, question mark? Like, in the top five? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then White gets Stormfront Pegasus. (laughs) Hey, man. Very very good point. Listen, Stormfront Pegasus is really strong. It is a 2-1 for two with flying. I have- I've I've drafted that card on many, many occasions. And the card that uh, conjures Stormfront Pegasus- is actually a legit house in in the dra- in the jumpstart format. It's a four mana, so three and a white for a two three. And when it enters the battlefield or attacks, you get the Pegasus into your hand. So it's a four mana two three, which is eh, but it's draw a card, and that card is specifically a two one flyer for two. And then then you can attack and get another one. So that's that's a pretty cute way for a white card to draw cards so i don't mind that i think that's a cool design aspect um if if nothing else so it's uh, a yeah. I, I like the idea of that so the conjure thing it look by the looks of it when a card says you're going to conjure something it's going to be conjuring it from a specific list that is tied to that card and this is something we'll probably get into when we talk about some of the previews a bit but there's a card that's here on the article just to use as as a good example it's called Tome of the Infinite. It's two and a blue for a legendary artifact. It has one and a blue tap. Conjure a random card from Tome of the Infinite's spellbook into your hand. It perpetually gains. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast this spell. So that tells you that Tome of the Infinite has a spellbook or a list of spells that it can conjure. And in the article here, it has that list of spells. So you've, we've got Light of Hope, Sword to Plowshares, Force Spike, Ponder, Dark Ritual, Duress, Assault Strobe, Lightning Bolt, Fog, Giant Growth. whole bunch of uh, pretty good spells there and yeah. uh, all one mana, which is nice. But I'm assuming, and, and again, this is something that you can only do, well, I mean, you could do it in paper, but it would be a pain in the backside. On digital, I'm assuming if you hover over Tome of the Infinite or you right-click on it or whatever, it will show you the list of spells that it can conjure from. And then you can look at those spells and see, oh, okay, yeah, there's some good spells in there. Hopefully I'll get that one or whatever. And that's something that really you can only do with with a digital client. That's just virtually impossible in, in paper. So, yeah, pretty cool. It's interesting because it's not like other wish effects or anything like that where you have to reveal it either. It just no, yeah, your it, opponent it just has no idea. In your what hand, you so they've got yep. no idea. Are they playing around swords? Are they yep. playing around like lightning bolt or fog? Like you just man, it creates Ooh. a yeah. bit of tension. The mind games yeah. is going to be interesting on this one. That's yeah, for sure. The tension in the games is going to be uh, really fun. It's like okay, I'm going to tap out to play this spell, and it's like okay, time of the infinite. Can I get a full spike? <laughs> you know, like that's uh, that's a bit of fun, and yeah. I, I I like I'm you know looking forward to that. And sometimes you know sometimes you get a fog. So, or a lot of Sometimes you need a fog, man. Yeah, and that's true. And I guess that list of things being useful, you know, I'm going to tack in, I'm going to block. Okay, let me see if I get a giant growth and things like that. So, it's a, a, a cute card. It's, it's pretty fun. It's going to lead to some, you know, enjoyable sort of good and bad beat stories, I think. Especially if it's like, oh, they activate it and got three lightning bolts in a row. So, I just died. Uh, it's a, you know, definitely a thing that could happen. So, I, I I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty I, fun. I have a question about this. Mm. In Jumpstart, when you're playing, sure, fine, you have access to all these spells. In Historic, Lightning Bolt is banned. Correct. So, what happens? The, the, the card itself, Lightning Bolt, is banned, which means you can't put it in your deck. Yeah, but you, you can't can still register just conjure it? Yeah, yeah, you can still okay. conjure it. 
Eris, like Swords to Plowshares is also banned, so he's Dark Ritual. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So you can't you can't submit a deck with a uh, a banned card. Um, yep. Yeah, but, but you, can you, can, one. you can conjure it. Yeah, yeah. All so right. the, like the thing with this is That's in playing, playing in paper. Yeah. yeah, playing in paper. If you know you you can never have like a token in your hand. You can never have Correct. one of your opponent's spells in your hand. You know a- anything like that. So in paper, you, you, there's a reason for that because it would be very obvious the card that you've got in your hand. You know you you, you just don't kind of don't want that thing happening where you've got your opponent's card in your hand in, in a different sleeve to your cards and, and all that sort of stuff. It's just a recipe for disaster. But on Arena, well, the card is just in your hand and it has whatever digital card back you have on your cards and your opponent doesn't know that that is a fake spell that you just conjured up that you've just put into your hand or a fake creature or whatever it is. It just looks like a normal everyday card and functions exactly the same. It is it is a card in every aspect. So the only th- question with this, which I haven't checked, is I'm assuming that that card then goes to your graveyard. Yeah, Like when, yeah, you, when you cast it. So, so Snapcaster Mage or whatever mm, <laughs> type effects. Yep. Which is uh, which is interesting. Which is the first thing I thought when I saw Lightning Bolt on this list. Right? <laughs> <laughs> bolt snap, bolt, bolt bring snap, it on. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, uh, so wh- what do you guys think about this from a, you know, I'm looking forward to playing this. It sounds really fun from a jumpstart perspective. But what do you think about this in- For historic? Yeah, in constructed. <laughs> like, I don't think uh, this is good enough, but like these, these cards in, in uh, specifically, do you think this is going to have a- uh, an impact on looking the at the list comment? of all the cards that are coming in definitely yep yeah there's some real powerful cards coming in there's here. slivers man i know i'm yeah. i i will be playing <laughs> aiming to get slivers uh, i guess there's sort of two two things to look at in in terms of that so like obviously there's the modern horizons cards which we'll we'll, we'll get into we'll, we might talk about those as actual previews and whatever and we can we can go into individual cards that sort of thing but first thing what do we think about this whole, you know, random aspect, digital only stuff. Like this is all this, these three mechanics are basically copies of Hearthstone mechanics. Okay. I'm aware of that. Yeah. So these, these are things you've been able to do in Hearthstone for ages because Hearthstone, again, is a digital game and it can pull random stuff. Like in, in Hearthstone, there are cards, like I haven't played Hearthstone for, for years now, but there's cards that when you cast them or whatever, it literally pulls a random card from all of Hearthstone and puts it into play, you know, random creature. And so sometimes you get, you know, a creature that's an, an O, effectively like an O1, and other times you get some crazy legendary creature that literally wins you the game straight away. And it's super random RNG, really awesome when it happens to you and you get that win when you really shouldn't have won. Uh, but from your opponent's point of view, it sucks because they should have won the game and you just rolled the dice and, and got the, the 99 out of 100 sort of thing. So there's there's that aspect of it. There's yeah this whole splitting digital and paper, all that. So, so let's talk about that sort of stuff first, and then we'll get into individual cards. So where do you sit on it, Chu? Uh, I think it's cool f- for a draft format, um, like a you know casual thing, and that's what Jumpstart's there for. I I I'm uncomfortable with it from uh, you know where this is taking Magic and and all the rest of it, but I'm not surprised by it. It's it's it was inevitable, and I think me being uncomfortable with it mostly comes from a, the place of uh, being nostalgic about paper magic, right? And being, if we being were, old and not wanting change, yeah, yeah, I'm just a boomer. But <laughs> and look, I, 
if we were still playing GPs, going to LGS every week and, and hanging out and playing Magic, we, you know, the world wasn't in the place that we were in and this came out, I'd probably kind of nothing it. I'd go, oh, yeah, cool, cool format and, you know, there's some new cards that we could potentially play with. But, you know, is is this another nail in them stopping printing paper Magic cards you know, sometime over the next five years. I don't know, but maybe that's a bit pessimistic because they still make plenty of money out of doing that. But I think they're future-proofing themselves somewhat and starting to move some of their eggs, not all of the eggs, but some of their eggs into the arena basket here, I think. So I, it from a, an emotional perspective, don't love it. But if I just look at it as like cool new cards, a new way to play the game, all the rest of it, I think it's pretty sweet. So a little column A, a little column B for me. Yep. I'm assuming, seeing as this is the first time that they're doing it, like they've gone pretty conservative. It's only 31 cards, and I'm assuming they're all going to be probably not like pushed. Like they're going to be like this Tome of the Infinite where it's three mana artifact. So effectively it's four mana to conjure one random one mana spell. Probably not really what you want to be doing in Constructed. Can be powerful, can also be absolutely garbage when you get the, the spell that you don't want, like a fog. Uh, so I'm assuming they're going to be a lot along that line, but it's certainly setting the stage for them doing more of this. And, yeah, we, we've spoken about this previously with, uh, you know, the the Mirror Mirror format that they did where they errated a whole bunch of cards and, and tried to make that change to see how they, go, they, see how they went. And Historic is exactly the the place for them to do that sort of thing. Were you guys aware, I only found this out this week because uh, Billy, you guys know, who is uh, Blaster Boy's nephew, my wife's cousin, that's confusing, he uh, he flicked me and, and Blaster Boy a message this week to say, hey, I'm getting back into Arena now that it's, it's on my phone, that's awesome. Uh, you know, have a look at my list and, and see what you think. And he's playing Mono Red, so, you know, he picked the right people to send that message to. And <laughs> I'm, I was looking at the list and I'm like is this a historic list? And he's like, no, no, I've been playing it in standard. And there was cards like Raid Bombardment and what's the Raging Goblin and cards like that. And I'm like, these cards aren't in standard. What What are you playing? And I looked them up and did you know there are a whole bunch of cards that are arena-only prints that are not actually legal in standard but are legal in standard on arena? Yes. You did. I, yeah, I did not know yeah, that. From, from, from intro <laughs> decks. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I did know that. Yep. So, like, you go on to Gatherer or Scryfall, and nope, they're not legal in Standard, but you can play them in Standard on Arena. So Not confusing this, at all. Yeah, so this isn't actually a new thing, having the digital cards that are not actually legal legal in paper. So, yeah, very interesting, because his, his deck was cool. It was a cool, like, goblin. It was sort of like the old uh, Cavalcade of Calamity deck, but uh, with Raid Bombardment. So, yeah, good fun. Anyway, that was a... Random point. Cracker, where do you sit on this whole uh, digital new cards? I'm fine with it because it's just historic. It's just a whole different thing. It's like being mad that they print new cards into Commander. Like, it's just, it's it's its own, it's its own thing. If you were playing historic in paper and then they went, oh, there's a whole new version of stuff, then like, then I would be upset by it. But I mean, historic has been its own beast since the day it was created. So fine, whatever. If you like it, cool. Then you're into Historic and you're only playing it on Arena anyway. So, you're into that economy and good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but if you're not and you want to play Standard or something else, then, you know, they're a separate format. I, I'm fine with it. And as far as this being the death of 
paper magic, Wizards makes more money from Commander than anything else. By so far, it's not funny. Yeah, so, no, as I said, future proofing, and maybe maybe yeah, it's I was- just it's a, it's another thing, right? It just gives them a different space. Why not let them play? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And look, maybe an, a nail in the coffin was taking it too far. Maybe they've selected the tree that they're going to make the coffin out of, <laughs> and you know, just in case they need <laughs> to. No, cut- no, and they no, haven't no. even cut it down wow. yet, right? They haven't even got that far. <laughs> so it's uh, uh, pa- paper magic isn't going anywhere. I just it's not, not going to happen. Not in the next little while, but not in the next twenty years. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. That we thought that about I, the pro just, tour too, didn't we? So we'll see. No, I never thought that. <laughs> yeah, I thought the pro tour was going to end a long time ago. I mean, the thing that uh, for me is I'm just exhausted by this release schedule. Oh, it's insane! There's so <laughs> like, many cards all the time. It's just we we have literally last cast given our first week impressions of the first few days of a new format, and here we are a week later talking about an entirely new set that, you know, is trying to grab our attention. It's like, man, we didn't even get, like, I've, I don't even know, like, 30 cards out of Adventures from the Gotten Realms yet. Like, <laughs> give me a break here. So, I, I am exhausted by that. Um, the problem is that I really did enjoy playing Jumpstart a lot. Uh, so, I will want to play it again, and I, I will. But, I don't know, man. There's only so many directions my attention can get pulled in at once. Yeah, I, I, I definitely struggle with that as well, particularly, uh, we, and we'll probably we'll touch briefly on Dungeons & Dragons Limited, but I've been really enjoying that format and I want to play it a lot, but I'm excited to play this as well. So I, I think it's great that they're bringing out something that is different. It would be good if we had this instead of stale old standard, sure, but we have to kind of wait until it's very, you know, much closer to the next set coming out as well so not quite perfect timing from that perspective but yeah it's how do you keep up uh, it's it's really hard and you just have sometimes you just have to let whole formats go through to the keeper right where you just don't touch historic for months on end and just because <laughs> you know there's other stuff that you you want to do so then the you gotta spend 400 that, bucks to get back into yeah. historic <laughs> yeah exactly. i mean it's yeah all at once or stretched it out over yeah. time the, the thing for me is that it reminds me one of the things i used to say uh that was said at my old job was that if everything is critical nothing is critical right and so you can't just have constant hype and expect new sets and people to be excited about it all the time because there's no downtime there's no chance for us to appreciate what's here and then look forward to the next thing it's just like and here's afr and then 10 seconds later i'm gonna jam another thing in your throat and it's like just like let me enjoy the toys you've given me before you give me you know 700 new ones actual 700 yeah yeah no yeah. It, it's exactly right and yeah. like you just have to scroll through the list like i'm i'm looking through on the the link that you shared and yeah. and it's like sterling grove is right next to sethus right harvest hand and it's just like well We've had this like enchantment set not that long ago and Sanctum Weaver and we've got, you know, this shrines and all the rest of it, right? So I'm just brewing in my mind as we're as we're going through this list and it's just I don't have time to actually sit down and figure out if that's actually good. You know, what <laughs> what impact is Esper Sentinel gonna have on historic? You know, who knows? 
you know. That's for other people to figure out. <laughs> I've, I've given up on, like, I, I, I used to be the same. Like, a new set would come out, and straight away it's like, oh, what can we do? Like, oh, this card's going to be really good in this deck. Let's start brewing things up, and, I'm, you know, I'm making deck lists on Goldfish and all that sort of thing, getting super excited and planning ahead, you know, thinking, what what can I build? And now I just I don't even bother. Like, I just wait for a few weeks until the sets come out and other people have played and they work out what's good and then it's like okay which one of those decks look like i i want to play it or which one can i afford with the wild cards that i have and the cards already in my collection and that's just what i go with because it's too much to keep up with and and this is a problem i've always had with commander like i know you guys brew up commander decks every now and then i just can't like there is way too many cards in that card pool that i just it's i'm just completely overwhelmed i don't even know where to start and so i just just go no i just can't be bothered if somebody just called me randomly and said, hey, make me a commander deck, I'd be like, not too hard. But when the inspiration <laughs> hits, when the inspiration hits and you want to invest in it, that's, that's when I get it. Like, you know, something will come. Like, I was sorting my collection a little while ago and went, oh, I've got all of these Kamigawa shrines. I'm going to make it. And then they, like, three months later printed more and, and now I have this, like, sweet enchantment commander deck. But it came from, like, oh, this is something that doesn't exist in my playgroup and it'd be an interesting space to explore. Uh, but like, I've got to be inspired to brew and, you know, like I'm, I'm seeing these cards like that, those enchantments and like, oh, they're cool. But then there's the other side of it as well. It's like, oh, Ninja of the Deep Hours. Oh, they're going to attack with their Thieves Guild Enforcer that's got Death Touch. So I'm not going to want to trade off it. Now it's going to be a Ninja of the Deep Hours. Then they're going to play the Thieves Guild Enforcer and mill me again. <laughs> and, oh my goodness. This is awful. Right. So wait, say that again. That sounds really good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even I like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that's, I mean, that's gonna happen. like we'll we'll get into the spoilers in in just a second. So, like, the, I guess the last thing, like, uh, there, I heard a lot of complaining from people about the D and D set with the random element, the specifically the dice rolling, and that it's adding way too much RNG into a game that already has a ton of variance because of its uh, like mana system, which Hearthstone doesn't have that problem the way hearthstone mana works in case you don't know is you start the game with like your first turn you have access to one mana and then turn two you have access to two mana and turn three three mana and it goes up to eight or nine or something i don't know whatever it is and so it just goes up by one like you're hitting a land drop every turn and there's no colors of mana or any anything like that there's there's no lands at all whereas magic has obviously five or technically six colors of magic and then you've got all your lands that do different things and some come into play tapped and some don't, some tap for two different colors of mana or three and, and all this sort of stuff. So the the whole, just the mana side of it in, in Magic is a huge amount of variance that's added to the game and, and complexity. When you then add on top of that random elements in the, in the cards, that can annoy a lot of people and turn a lot of people off. We've seen it in the past with like coin flips and things like that. People build their, their coin flip yeah, decks. Yeah, but it's not a perpetu- whatever. not a perpetual uh, to borrow one of these terms part of magic. It's not like scry or cycling, right? It's not a, not something it's, that's it's in not, every set. So when like, you're just don't when you're printing that, you don't like it. Whatever. <laughs> like, no, but when you're when you're printing that into historic, which is a non-rotating format, it is there perpetually. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm going to say like. And but, I'm not complaining about it. I, I don't have a yeah, huge issue with like, it. But, I, I think those people yeah. are just like pessimists and should just jog on. But the because <laughs> when they when they have these cards, right? Like you look at the dice roll cards in uh, AFR, and like none of them are busted, right? It's like I have a like four mana three three that I roll a dice when it attacks and it 
gives me one to three treasures. Like that, it's they're not format defining in a, a format as yeah, powerful as historic. So these people just need to chill, man. Like I tell you but what. The, like, so th- the problem is, like, how many times have we seen wizards balls it up? with cards where they go, yeah, this card's going to be fine, and then they put it in the format, and it's like, oh, hang on, this card's not fine. Oh, so, um, every second week, yeah. because that's how often I'm on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So at the moment you go, oh, yeah, yeah, these cards look fine. Like, they're not they're not overpowered, whatever. Someone will find a way to break it, and then that then leads to bannings and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it, it's opening up an interesting space, but... With these digital-only cards, like these 31 cards, they now have that space to be able to go, oh, okay, this card turned out to be more powerful than we thought. Okay, well, we can just change it. And it just changes on the client and problem solved. So it will be interesting to see if they uh, if they go down that line because that, that is a whole other space for them to, to work in. Well, can they change the spells that are in the spell book, right? Uh, I guess, yeah, yes, yeah, they, yeah, can. they can. Yeah. Change it up. Yep, yep. yep. So, yeah, sure. definitely. All right. So let's have a talk about some of the cards from other sets that are getting printed into Horizons. Uh, sorry, into yeah, into Jumpstart Historic Horizons. Historic Horizons, yeah. Into Historic, whatever. Uh, Chewy, you can uh, take us away with the uh, one that you like. Well, this one is uh, new to this set, the one that I was going to talk about. Uh, so it's uh, not from an existing set oh, yeah, printed yeah, yeah. into this, uh, but I... I'll, I'll jump in and talk about it. But uh, uh, Davriel Soulbroker is uh, a new Planeswalker, which is two and double black for four loyalty Planeswalker. Uh, it's got a plus one ability uh, until your next turn. Whenever an opponent attacks you and or Planeswalkers you control, they discard a card. If they can't, then they sacrifice an attacking creature. Pretty good. Minus two. Accept one of Davriel's offers, then accept one of Davriel's conditions. Uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, minus three is target creature perpetually gets negative three, negative three. So, uh, using the perpetual thing, but then the, the offers, you have to jump onto the wizard's website to see those. <laughs> so, so <laughs> minus two, you, you accept each of these. So, you know, it's a little, little give and a little take here. So the offers are draw three cards, conjure a mana guardian card to your hand. Uh, return two random creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. They perpetually get plus one, plus one. Return a random creature card with the highest mana value from amongst cards in your graveyard to the battlefield. Pretty good. Uh, you get an emblem with creatures control get plus two, plus zero. You get an emblem with spells cost uh, black less to cast. You get an emblem with uh, Devereal Planeswalkers you control have plus two draw a card. Uh, you get an emblem with whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. That all sounds really good, uh, but then there's a downside. So there, and you know, this is a black card through and through, where you know they're really greatness at any cost, right? It, it's a, uh, it always all of this power comes with a uh, a cost, a downside, a drawback. You lose six life, exile two cards from your hand. Uh, if you got fewer, then um, then the cards. You know, if you don't have two cards in your hand, your opponent's draw cards are di- towards the difference. Sacrifice to permanence. Each creature you don't control gets plus one, plus one perpetually. Uh, you get an emblem with creatures you control get minus one, minus zero. You get an emblem with spells you cast costs uh, black more to cast. You get an emblem with whenever you draw a card, exile up to two cards of your library. And you get an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose, lose one life for each creature you control. 
So this feels a little bit like the the demonic pact. It feels like Urza's head yeah. from the silver border set. <laughs> man, yeah. so it feels like. <laughs> yeah, can anyone re- can anyone remember what Chewie just said there? I just tuned out for about five minutes no. as he yeah. rattled off a bunch so, of things. So, well, you get these options. They'll just come up, right? And yeah. So the way it actually is going to work on Arena is you're given three options. So you don't get all of these every time. So there are however many uh, offers and uh, conditions. Three random offers will pop up and then three random conditions will pop up. So I, I don't know if you're going to have access to see all of these conditions all the time. I just went to find the conditions and I had to Google. <laughs> I couldn't even find it. I had to Google it to try and find where these conditions were. It, w- it certainly wasn't on the link for the uh, the card and I couldn't find it on the Jumpstart article either. No, nope, it's the on conditions. a separate, different page. <laughs> yep, yep. So I don't know if you're going to be able to see them all the time, but... At least by only popping up three at a time, it means you're not sitting there for 10 minutes having to read them and go, which one do I want, which one don't I want, and whatever. So the people that are complaining about the variants of dice rolls are, you know, sort of sweating now and, and getting even angry. You know that, that meme where there's that teenager with the vein popping out of his forehead? There's a lot of a lot of people doing that right now, I guess, because it's more <laughs> randomness and whatever. <laughs> don't play the format if you don't like it. Uh, but, you know, like, I think this is... A, a, a very cool card. It, you know, you look at this and you go, oh, this does like some sweet things and it, it gets away from the same play patterns every time. It makes you have to adapt and uh, sometimes things are going to go really well and sometimes they're not. And I get if you're playing high stakes magic, you want things that are reliable, right? I, I yeah, completely understand. I get that. But if you're paying 2000 gold and you just want to have some fun, like, this is this is pretty sweet. I, I, I quite like this uh, from a design space perspective, uh, but I think it's too random to really get a get a gig in any sort of construction constructed deck. So it's a um, uh, it's a good representation of what the format's trying to do from a fun and enjoyment, not a win loss perspective. So that's why this yep. card stood out to me. Yeah, cool. Uh, Cracker, give us one of yours. Uh, yeah. Another new card. This one is called Sarkin's Scorn. It is two and a red for an instant. And it said, Sarkin's Scorn deals damage equal to the number of turns you have begun to target creature or planeswalker. So, assuming you cast this on curve, it will be a three mana deal three. And on the next turn, it'll be a three mana deal four. And then on the next turn, it'll be a three (laughs) and so on and so forth. Only to creatures and planeswalkers. But I think that's really interesting. Uh, And because it's an instant, it's the... Number of turns you've begun. So as soon as you hit your untap, what, step. untap step, then you can, that, that would be the beginning of your turn. You can then deal damage equal to whatever it is. So, and, and this is a card that it would just be so difficult to track in paper. Uh, impossible. Because yeah. you can't just count lands. Like that's a normal way to do it. You're like, oh, but I missed a land drop. And then, yeah, no, there's no good way of tracking it. But here it will just show you on the arena how much damage it's going to do. Yep. Cool. Weird. Cool. I like um, it. I like it. Yeah. A couple of other things that, I mean, we talked about Ponder. Ponder's great. I love it. But you can only conjure it. It's not actually going to be in the set. There's a couple of things that I really enjoyed playing in past standards, which was Diagraph Colossus and also oh, disappeared. Uh, Dark Salvation. A couple of zombie cards from Eldritch Moon and Shadows of Innistrad. Mm, yep. I, I don't I think they will be good enough for Historic, but- they were a lot of fun. I reckon there'll be a pretty sweet uh, zombies packet that you can get. 
I'll be looking for one of those. That's pretty good. I, I like the idea of Return to the Ranks uh, as a constructed card as well, but uh, you know, might be able to build something around that. What about you, Sean? Well, we've got, we've got um, Rally the Ancestors already in Historic, don't we? No idea. It's the format. I'm pretty so sure. How could, you, how could you possibly know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was in like one of the anthologies or something like that. Five minutes to Google that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what about you, Shorty? What's, uh, what are you excited about? Uh, so for me, I haven't seen any of the new uh, like digital only cards that I'm super excited about yet. Uh, but we, yeah, we've got a few cards that have just recently come in from uh, Modern Horizons 2. And, and one of them in particular, which is seeing a ton of play in Modern at the moment, is Dragon's Rage Channeler, which is surprisingly a single red mana for a 1-1. Uh, it's a human shaman, and it says whenever you cast a non-creature spell, surveil one, so that's where you can look at the top card of your library and then either... If it's a bin chicken, you put it in the graveyard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. either leave it there or put it in your graveyard. So, yeah, it works pretty good with phoenixes and things like that. Uh, and then it also has Delirium, which was a mechanic from the Shadows Ever Innistrad block as well, I believe. Yeah, it was. Uh, which is... As long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, so say an instant, a land, a sorcery, and an artifact, there you go, you've got four card types in your graveyard, then an effect happens. So the effect for Dragon's Rage Chandler is it gets plus two, plus two, has flying, and attacks each combat if able. So it's a one mana, three, three with flying that has to attack each combat if able. Oh no, what a what a shame that is that it has to attack each combat. When, why would a one mana red creature possibly <laughs> want to attack each turn? <laughs> no Non-goblin idea, welder red creature, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. But yeah, I'm pretty sure this card's going straight into Phoenix decks. It uh, it wants to be played in a deck with spells, and it is good at putting things in your graveyard and likes when you have things in your graveyard. So yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing this card. I'm pretty sure it's getting seen. It's seen play in Legacy as well. Yeah, this is, is a powerful card. Is. Better Apparently than Delva, according to some people. So yeah, yep, yeah. I know. Like when MH2 first came out, people were playing. Is it Delver decks? So playing this card with Delver and cards like Swift Spear and those sorts of things. And in the end, they just went, eh, we actually don't need Delver. So they're still playing Delver decks. People still call them Delver decks, but there's no Delver in there anymore. Yeah, they're, they're playing this and Ragavan. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm interested to see if we get Ragavan in this set. That'll be pretty nice. Yeah, but be the other thing I like about this card is it's an uncommon, <laughs> not, a, not a rare or anything like that. So oh, I've got a couple good, more rares on the wild that are seeing a bunch of play. Esper Sentinel and Thalia's Lieutenant. Are we going to get a full-on humans deck in Historic? I think it's pretty likely. There's also uh, the Ranger, Ranger Captain of Eos. Yeah, yep, absolutely. It's the 3-mana three 3-3 three, three that goes and fetches a creature with mana value 1 or less. There's already Thalia as well. Uh, is there both yep. Thalia's in Historic? Mm. There's at least one. There's uh, definitely the original. Yeah, yeah. So it's a... Uh, I mean, there's a there's a shell there, definitely, right? I so, mean, it, it's not going to be five color humans like you play in modern, but there's probably a pretty good white aggressive disruptive deck. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah. A, at, at a minimum, yep. Black black white humans. Yeah, yep. Something yep. along those lines. Yep. Uh, it's worth noting as well the the planeswalker that Chewie talked about, Davriel. There's going to be one for each color, so we've already seen a Kiora and a Sarkin. We haven't. Don't think we've seen the other two yet. But interestingly, the Sarkin you know, is a four mana, four loyalty planeswalker. Has a zero ability, which is conjure a Shivan dragon into your hand, which is mm. pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and I mentioned Ninja of the Deep Hours as well. Uh, I think that will be definitely worth testing in in Rogues. 
So yep. there's a lot of evasive creatures in rogues that will uh, get turned into a ninja, and then you get the comes into play abilities. Mono well, blue so. tempo cracker mm-hmm. with your with your ninjas. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> I there's... like it. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. I think I think the format's passed mono blue tempo by. Unfortunately, <laughs> as much as I, I loved playing that deck. Yep. Yeah. It's a bit underpowered these days. So, uh, like, I don't know if if you guys have other cards that you want to talk about, but just a, another point to make. Historic was, when it was first created, we kind of, you know, laughed it off, I guess, as just a, you know, we're not going to bother playing that format. It was originally intended to be the format where you can just play your standard decks that have rotated out. It is so far from that now. <laughs> Like it's your standard decks a whole different are piece, gone. It? Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's effectively like saying, yeah, yeah. When when standard rotates, you can play your standard decks in modern. No, you can't. Uh, that mean, just you, you, just you doesn't can. happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you it can. won't end well. <laughs> no, so that is a bit unfortunate because yeah, it does mean as in the same way that modern is in paper, there's a steep cost to get into that format if you're just coming into into Magic, which is a bit of a shame because. Yeah, it, would, it, it is nice when you've got something useful to do with all those cards you just spent your wild cards on, and unfortunately, Arena doesn't have any sort of dusting system. Maybe we'll get that thing as we're taking all these mechanics from Hearthstone. Absolutely. So, a dusting system. W- one last thing before we move on. My brain is just going over time trying to figure out how to get 15 mana to activate Pool of Vigorous Growth and get me an Emrakul. So. <laughs> So it's X and tap, <laughs> discard a card, create a token that's a copy of a random creature card with mana value X activated as a sorcery. So if I have 15, how many 15 mana creatures are there in Magic? Can't I be think there's two or three. Yeah. Yeah. So chances are you could get, you know, OG Emrakul on Arena. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> is, is it going to let you get any card, any creature? I'm assuming it would be any creature. a token that's-, that's a copy of random creature card. I, so, can't, I can't find this card. Uh, pool of Don't worry about gross. it. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, it's complete jank, but it's, uh, you know. My, my <laughs> Have bro- you played Momi and Vig on um, no, Magic Online? No, because I'm that's not. what this is. Okay. Yeah. It is exactly this. X, discard a card, create a token that's a copy of a random card with value X. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Uh, so, <laughs> Pool of Vig or Us Growth, they've done yeah. a nice little yep, nice, pullback there. Nice. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, good. yeah, looking forward to this. i, I Cracker, I'm looking forward to your stream. And yep. yeah, from a constructed perspective, there's some cards here that are going to, you know, shake up the format a little more. And I feel like we just had a format shake up. We just had a banning. <laughs> uh, but, you know. It's- yeah, it, it leads to the question of why did they just ban Brainstorm? Why couldn't they just wait till this set comes in, see how the format goes, and then make the changes? It just kind of yeah, didn't really seem to make much sense. Um, the last card I just want to quickly mention, again, being another red card, Unholy Heat, which is also seeing a ton of play in Modern, which is a single red for an instant. Deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker. We've seen that heaps of times. Yep, that's fine. But it also has Delirium. And when you've got Delirium, so you've got the four or more card types in your graveyard, it deals six damage instead. So, again, only going to creatures and planeswalkers, but six damage for one mana is pretty good. And if you're playing it in a deck with the uh, Dragon's Rage Channeler, you are aiming to trigger Delirium. Stuffy Doll doll is in Historic. Mistress Bauble. Yes, I was going to say, all we need in Historic is Mishra's Bauble, and we're <laughs> off to the races. Lurus, Mishra's Bauble, Dragon's Rage Chala. Oh, yeah, just playing modern in Arena, yep. man. Yep, sounds good. I'm all, I'm all in. 
All right, so uh, on to the next topic. Uh, yeah, we'll be seeing a whole bunch more of the previews for that uh, probably next week, and and I'm assuming by the next podcast that'll be probably the entire uh, entire preview. So we can discuss that more next week and uh, probably another banning and another new set and, and whatever else. Yeah, next thing we wanted to touch on is world. So the world championships that's happening this year uh, in October, October 8th to the 10th. We'll probably talk about this again closer to the date. Uh, but they announced the formats to it and uh, it's going to be split format, one of them being rotation, uh, being standard, which is post-rotation standard because it is after the Innistrad set comes out. But the other format is draft. So I believe, I can't remember if it was Worlds or another event that they did last year. There was an, a, a high-profile event last year, maybe, maybe it's been the year before, I don't know. But they did, it was an arena event, and they did split format. They did draft and standard or draft and historic, something along, along those lines. And for the draft portion, we were all speculating, oh, does that mean we're gonna, they're going to do the drafts on arena? No. Turns out what they did was they drafted in paper and then put inputted the deck lists into arena so then the players could play them which was really disappointing and led to Andrea Mengucci getting a game loss because uh, his deck was <laughs> entered incorrectly I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that this time <laughs> I'm being optimistic uh, like I don't know how they can do that again this time like Worlds is 16 players I believe yeah like there is virtually no chance that they can actually get all 16 players together in October this year. I'm I'm assuming like just with the way the world is and international travel and that sort of stuff, which means what like surely they're not going to do the draft on magic online and then import that into arena. Like if, if they have to go to that point, that extent, it's like, just, just why? <laughs> no. <laughs> what, so, what do you think? Like, yeah, is it going to no, happen? It's going to happen. It's got to, it, it, it really has to. Like, it's not just us that have been spruiking about this, about getting custom draft pods so you can draft with your friends. This is something that a lot of people want, particularly, as you mentioned, the world we live in, where we, we can't draft with our friends. So, yeah, I mean, we would love it so we can run a bean, like beans events in, in limited and things like that. It would just be amazing. Yeah, yeah. So surely they can do that in client. And, you know, you can just invite people off your friends list and such. So that would be uh, that would be amazing to be able to do that. And I am crossing my fingers. I know a bunch of people in our Discord are also crossing our fingers to, to be able to do that as well because it would just be really, really fun. It's like, how good would it be when, like, Cube Draft is out on Arena? You know, they do different oh. iterations of Cube where we can go, right, we're streaming and our, our stream this night, you know, we're going to get Jedi's Walker and J-Mud and Hemsey and a bunch of us, and, and we're going to we're, we're gonna play Cube together. Like, that just sounds yes. amazing. To amazing. Me. <laughs> Bring it on, devs. I, I just picture, like, being able to watch the draft and have an actual proper, like, be able to look at what the player has picked, you know, live and hover over the cards and see what those cards are and then see, you know, the packs as they go around and, and all that sort of stuff. Like just how I I never watch limited like any any time there was a pro tour it was like okay well I just don't watch the first few hours because I it's horrible to watch people drafting and not being able to see what's going on not having any idea the most recent ones they did which is like two years ago now they started getting better at doing that but it was just never very good and it wasn't really interesting to watch if you can do it in client and do it properly oh man it's just going to be so much better so yeah i agree it's it's let's only, all cross our fingers it's only 
a benefit, right? There's there's no yep. downside to them doing it, and yep. please just make it available to everybody as well. Yeah, and I just think how embarrassing to have to do your draft off client and then import the deck list. Like that's just that's embarrassing from a from a you know marketing perspective or or whatever. Like for your company e-sports. to say, yeah, we've yeah. we've got this amazing client, yeah, that is an esport and it can't do this basic function that it really should have been able to do right from the start. So. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Let's uh, let's see if that happens. I, I think I think there will be some some of those sixteen players that uh, qualified for Worlds. Some of them will be really happy that there is a limited portion, and some will be pretty flat about it. I think there's going to be some you know changing of the odds. You know, if if there was betting on who is going to win based on the introduction of, of a limited portion, I believe. So yep. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think that's better because I think to be good at, you know, truly the world champion, you should be good at not just picking the right yeah. deck that weekend, yep. playing playing the game on a different axis to show show off your skill and actually be the best. I, I think it's a better test and we'll have a more worthy world champion at the end of it. So I love yep. that. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, so last thing we'll touch on uh, on the way out the door is just a, an update on our league. So Cracker, how are the leagues going how the groups looking uh they've all started we've got a long way to go though so we're a couple of weeks in we're about halfway and uh we are nowhere near halfway in terms of the total number of matches played so look it's good um been some really good banter in my group a bunch of people chatting and you know it's it's good to see that but i mean myself included need to pull a finger out and just uh yeah get cracking on these matches because I mean, the group, Group Chewy is currently in the lead and has got just over a third of their matches played. So, given that we're halfway, the maths doesn't add up. Yeah. <laughs> if we, we continue at the same pace <laughs> and it, everyone else is way further behind. So, yeah, each group uh, also we, we has people that have not played uh, a match yet. So, uh, harass those people and get some of those matches played over the weekend. Particularly if you haven't yet played against Shorty. In group shorty, <laughs> please, uh, please play against him. His record why, is. Uh, why are you saying that? It, it, well, I think your last match was a I loss. Mean, so we'll start then. Yeah. yeah no, no, so. I, I ended the night with a win. Oh, okay. I mean, your your record's not much, not much worse than mine. So I'm I'm sitting on seven and one <laughs> somehow, still on top of my nice. group. Uh, surprisingly, Rolling Royce, disappointing, is sitting at five and four. Like, come on, mate, you you've got a reputation to uphold. But, yes. uh, yeah, Chewy, Chew, you're sitting on six and two, so yeah, you're not not far off of me. Yeah, I've decided to not play meme decks this time around and, and actually play play Magic. But wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Cracker, Cracker yeah. didn't get that memo. No, no I didn't. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, and Stu's also not having the, a great run of it, but that means that. Uh, others in his group are so good thing to. He's, he's in the race, the race to the bottom with uh, infect rules. He is, he is. Uh, but yeah, like we've played some matches on stream, shorty, and, and that's been really fun and, and a really way to get those done. So uh, we'll try to stream, you know, once a week during the the group matches to sort of inspire people to go. And what's really, what really, really important is every match that you play in the week puts you into the weekly draw for Josh and Pat's vouchers and. The, uh, the weekly prize of a collector booster as well. So a lot of incentive to to get your matches played during each week. Don't don't leave them all to the end uh, because you're going to, you know, lower your odds of, uh, of picking up one of those sweet prizes as well. So it's a, it's a no-brainer. Like, we're all stuck at home, nothing else to do. 
Might as well play some Beans League matches, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, shout out to Squid Squid Plays, who's been uh, who's been doing really well in all of our events uh, for the last year, pretty much. So sitting on nine and one in uh, in Group Stew. So I think that like that should probably be locked for uh, for I'd finals so. by now. Yeah. Definitely. So nine and four. Yeah, I mean it's be, it's yeah. it's a bit hard. Like because we have a, a, like extra matches this time because the groups are so big, but uh, yeah, I, I would say that's that's probably a lock because I believe uh, Stu's group has two people: one person who never showed up and one person who has just pulled out. So yeah, there'll be an extra couple of games written off there. But uh, yeah, I, what I would recommend if you are listening and you you are playing in our leagues, start direct messaging people. Uh, I have found over the time that we've been running these leagues, a lot of people mute. Our server, which I, I really wish they didn't. I, I want them to be uh, being involved in our in our Discord server all the time. But people mute channels and mute your server and that sort of stuff. So even if you ping them in your group chat, they may not necessarily get that. Whereas if you message them directly, if they're on Discord at all, they're going to see your direct message. Message them. You know, reach out. Hey, I want to play our game. Probably uh, what I would suggest is put forward some times, you know, different times of the week or a couple of time slots on the weekend, that sort of thing, and see how you go with that. And at least that way, if they never respond to you, you can then contact your uh, group captain and say, hey, look, I've contacted this person three times over the last two weeks and they just haven't responded. And then we can then look at, you know, writing off that match and, and awarding you the win if, if the person's not going not gonna to bother coming to play it. So, yeah, definitely direct message people. It's going to be a bit easier to uh, to get in contact with them that way. So, yeah, get proactive, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, so that's basically it. Uh, the last reminder is the Twitter giveaway, which is still going. So there's about another two weeks left on that. So if you haven't entered that yet, go and do it. Just look for us on Twitter, Magic Beans Cast. Check the pinned post, uh, pinned tweet on our profile, and you'll find the Twitter giveaway for a full box, full draft box of Modern Horizons 2. We've just been talking about a bunch of those cards that are coming to Historic. There's a lot of value in that set. So, yeah, get in on that. Just, uh, you know, it's retweet like it, follow us. It's a $350 Australian dollar giveaway there. That's, yeah. That's And the, the EV on the box is way more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so get in on that. Uh, it's easy to find, super easy to do. Go and do that. And, yeah, we will send that to wherever you are in the world. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, yeah, if you do want to get in on our leagues, our future leagues and events, there's still a few to come this year. Still a chance for you to qualify for our Invitational. The best place to do that is to be in our Discord. We've had a few uh, new people joining over the last week or so, which is awesome to see. We love it as if people come and join us. So, yeah, jump in there, get in uh, into our awesome community and have a chat. Plenty of different channels for you to talk about whatever you want in there. Uh, if you want to support us directly, you can buy something from our merch store, T-shirts, hoodies, mouse pads, mugs, those sorts of things. There's a link for that in the show notes. If you want to show some support to our sponsors, you can go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and check out their daily auctions, grab yourself some bargains and let them know that the beans sent you. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all of those places. Just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast, and you will find us there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Next time.